trying to make y'all comfortable. Welcome back to the Inside Feed, everyone. We're back. We missed you. On today's show, we are catching up with Redwoods midfielder Joe Walters to discuss how he's approaching the championship series, being one, if not the league's biggest chirper, and a Joe Walters specific. That's speed, boy. If you're new here, I'm Emma, and that is Lisa, and this is the Inside Feed. And this podcast is going to give you an inside look to the Premier Lacrosse League from our perspectives. So we took off last Tuesday to participate Mm -hmm. in Blackout Tuesday Tuesday. that supports the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to do it too to support all of our black players that we have in the league and across the country. We've had a lot of players step up the last couple of weeks to share their stories from Dominique Alexander had a really good post Mm -hmm. where he said he's hopeful for what the future is going to hold. Pat Young, Trevor had a really personal post mm-hmm. that I know touched me and I reached out to him after I watched it because it gave me a lot of insight that I didn't have before coach Nat posted something uh, specific to coaches which I thought was really great Miles Harry has been great mm-hmm. especially too for our company yeah and Jules too had a really personal post yeah me and Jules have talked every day and he's kind of been my guy through all of this and we've had the hard conversations and we've gotten really really close because of this and it's helped me understand where the black community is coming from and where I need to grow and where I needed to have the conversations and I needed to hear um, how he was feeling Mm -hmm. and for us I mean we're the social media coordinators and I wanted to learn and I needed to hear it because I want to run a social account that they're proud to be a part of yeah and I felt that, you know, these accounts have and can have such an impact. I want to obviously continue having these conversations with Jules because it's brought us a lot closer. And I think that it's helped me grow a lot. I think it's helped anyone that's had a conversation grow a lot in a very positive way. Mm -hmm. I think Harry has, as you said, been fantastic for our company because he's given us a lot of insight and been there for all of us to talk to him about it. And I think having people like that in our lacrosse space is really important and it's so important it's been great to see people open up and especially even like our white players talk about how it makes Mm -hmm. them uncomfortable and how they're learning all of us are learning um and so I think it's been a lot of really positive change and I'm really excited to see this conversation continue yeah and we're gonna continue that conversation throughout the season the years to come this is just the start of of us trying to advocate in the PLL and we're going to continue that conversation too with our next guest Joe Walters we discuss everything that's been going on the last couple weeks with him the championship series of course and then we do a fun little segment where we bring in his old mic'd up moments and have him dissect them for us and what was going through his mind when he was chirping some guys (laughs) throughout the season so here is Joe Walters Our next guest was the 2003 ACC Rookie of the Year, a four-time All-American, a three-time All-ACC selection, the 2004 and 2006 ACC Player of the Year, the 2004 ACC Tournament MVP, and the 2006 Turnbull Award winner while playing at the University of Maryland. 
that's not all people. He's also a 14-year veteran of the professional game, a PLO All-Star, and put up 25 points and 12 goals during the Redwoods 2019 season. Please welcome to the show Redwoods midfielder Joe Walters. Be a longer <laughs> intro. <laughs> My God. Lisa, you crushed that. That was awesome. Thank you. Oh, cool. Did you know you have a Wikipedia? I did. I did know that. Yeah, it's, it's been up there for a while. I think it's pretty accurate, so that's that's a good thing. That's good. Okay. <laughs> Joe, we have a lot to talk about, but before we get into that, we know these past couple of weeks have been, you know, very emotional for our country. Stemming from George Floyd's passing, his death, how have you been processing everything? It's been tough. Honestly, it's been tough. Um, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, for the first couple of days of that, I um, I was so busy with work and things that I didn't really get what was going on. Um, and I talked to Kyle Harrison about it. I talked to him every day and he kind of filled me in. And then I went back and I watched the news. I watched everything that was going on just shortly after what happened with, with George, uh, George Floyd. And it's, it's, it's sickening. It's frustrating. And I think what's going on is promising. And I think that's a word that I'd like to, to kind of use is it's promising because there's a lot that's going on that um, a lot of turmoil, a lot of chaos and um, rightfully so. But I think um, everyone's from what I can see in, in my lifetime, um, this is the first of its, of its time. And, it, you know, it's, it's been, you know, things have happened over, over history and I can't think of the last time when, there's been riots like this and, and protesting and things that are going on all over the country and city by city, you know, my, my, my hometown, Rochester, it's, it, it's been going on. It's still going on. And, um, you know, I think, uh, again, it's, it's promising because change is going to happen. I think it's, it's a gradual process. Um, I don't think it's going to ever happen overnight. Um, but I think this is these these are the necessary steps in order for change to really happen, <clears throat> and it's uncomfortable. It's not um, it's not something that is easy to take in for a lot of people, for most people. But um, you know, as as more and more um, happens, as more and more people speak up, it's 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 almost becoming a way of life in which um, that discussion has to be a natural one. And I think that's what's going on right now. What kind of discussions have y'all had? with your like Redwoods team have y'all been talking you know I think y'all have a lot of really powerful leaders within the black community on your team specifically what kind of conversations have y'all had yeah I mean I can I can easily speak to you know myself and Kyle Harrison you know, I've talked to him almost every day and uh you know it's he's a guy that um I've been friends with him since played against him in college uh been friends with him since uh we played on Team USA together in 2006 we were roommates and uh, the hatred that we had for each other from Maryland to Hopkins soon became into a, uh, a really good friendship. And he's, he's one of my best friends. So I talk to him every day. And um, again, I, I get that perspective from him. I get the, um, you know, being, being a black man, I, I, I get the, that, I get his perspective and I hear it clearly um, where he stands on everything and the frustration and the pain. And the main message that I got from him was that people think that, guys like Kyle, Miles, Trevor, Jules, that they don't deal with racism, that they're lacrosse players and racism only happens in, you know, poverty areas. And no, that, that's, that's not what happens. You know, it, it happens every day. And Kyle, 
uh, can really put that into perspective for not only myself, but for, for everyone. And he's been very, very vocal, very outspoken about this whole thing. It's been absolutely incredible to see him be a leader and, uh, and, and stick up for, you know, not only himself, but for black people all over the country, all over the world. So I guess the main message is that it's, it's um, he's been really frustrated. He's been really hurt by everything, uh, rightfully so. And, um, but it's been, it's been really important for him to speak up and to be a leader and to, uh, to, to create change. And I think he's done a great job with that. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing your thoughts. I know we like hearing what you and all of our players are feeling during this time. Um, let's transition over now to what we're really here to talk about, and that's the championship series. Over time, y'all have really created this dynamic identity c- going from training camp up until that championship game. I think you're, the Redwoods are a team where y'all really figured out who y'all are as a team and that culture. And can you just like talk about like what that transition was like from training camp to championship game? Yeah, I think it, you know, so much of, of being a, a pro lacrosse player, it's a, it's, it's a work over time. We don't see each other every single day uh, in college. You know, it's, it's hard to replicate that because you're with each other in college every single day. You have weightlifting, conditioning, practice film session and in the pro game we're getting to that point but it takes time so to create team chemistry it's it's over time it's over the season and you can see every single week the more and more time we spent together the more that identity came out and that's a huge shout out to nat coach nat is um he's such a great leader he not only says the right things but he does the right things and um you know he's he's always trying to get us as one. And I think that um, you can see that, you know, I, I can remember like championship game. I looked at Harry, we're down by seven and I looked at Harry and I'll be honest, I was super pessimistic. I was like, this is a wrap. It's over. Like I, I looked at him and said, it's over, man. They were down by seven. It was in the fourth quarter or the third quarter at that point. It, it was, it was one of the two. It was either late in the third or it was early in the fourth. Maybe it was late in the third. I was like, it's over, man. Like we're not coming back by seven. There's no way. And he was like, come on, man, just one at a time. And that's, that's his attitude. And just started chipping away, started chipping away. And that is just, that's the identity of his team, right? How many times do we have to fight back and claw back in, in, in all these games that we're in? Even the games that we lost, we were right there. A couple blowouts, but uh, we were right there in, in almost every game. But it always seemed like we were clawing and fighting to, to, to get wins. But that's just who we are. That's our, that's our team identity. We're a huge second, second half team. We were a huge second half team. Hopefully not in the championship series. Hopefully we can get off to a better start. But that just shows, like, this team's tough. They're just tough. And that's, uh, it starts at the top with Nat. When these teams were formed over a year ago, all of the Maryland guys were put on the Whip Snakes, and then you were on the Redwoods. And then throughout the season, that helped them a ton because they already had that built-in chemistry, knew how each other worked. So they sort of skipped that process that most of the other teams had to deal with. Were you at all throughout the season, even when the teams were formed, did you feel like slighted at all that you were the one guy that was sort of not included on that whip snake squad? <laughs> a little bit, but the only thing I had going for me is I was an, I'm an outlier, right? I'm older. So maybe I just didn't fit with that younger Maryland crew. crew. Um, but you know what? I was, uh, when the teams came out, super happy. Uh, I was getting to play with, you know, guys like Kyle, you know, all the guys, you know, Matt Cavanaugh, you know, guys that I, I really respect and admire in lacrosse to be on the same side as them. Um, guys that I've, 
I had lost to over the years to be on the same side and to, uh, I knew we had a tough team. We had a really strong team. So it, it was at one point, it was kind of hurtful that I wasn't on the Maryland team, but then it, you obviously can't do anything about that. Then you have to shift and say, man, the team I'm on is really, really good. And uh, I like all these guys and we've got a really good team. So we're just going to, you know, I was, I just want to make, make the most of it, be the best team that I can be, be the best player I can be. And um, year two is going to be exciting. In that championship game, it, I know for myself, I was obviously cheering for the woods and it just would have been the most perfect storm when you had that shot in the fourth quarter, your stick flip and the lone Maryland guy beating the squad that is the like all Maryland I mean what was going through your mind I mean I know I I don't know if it's you I think I think I've heard it from you saying like I was taking off my gear I mean what was, yeah like, it was over we, we talked about this like, yeah yeah we talked about it. you told me like what a, what a great storyline it would be and and you know what I thought we had it <laughs> and, and like probably 99 out of 100 times you win that game. And I've said it, you know, I think uh, in my, in my pod with, with Paul, I got a, a real appreciation of how good Matt Rambo was that day. And that's just a credit to him. Uh, obviously I, we all know how good he is and the player that he is, but uh, from afar, I've seen that. And even though we played them a couple of times this year, like the one game we beat them. So it wasn't, you know, I don't think he had a great game. The, the next game was a huge blowout in Hamilton. It's like, Anybody could have beat us that game. Anybody could have been a great player that game. Um, we just had a really tough game. But in the championship, I just – I saw firsthand, like, how good he is. And, um, you know, again, 99, 99 out of 100 times we win that game. And 30 seconds left to get the go-ahead goal. I took my helmet off. I'm ready <laughs> to go. And, and uh, he took over. And that, that's all it is. That's all it is. He made a good play to tie the game. And then, you know, once that happened, once they got the ball in overtime, you know, just uh, he, he, he took care of business. And, um, you know, it's something that we've thought about. We obviously think about all the time. It, it, left a, it leaves a huge a bad taste in our mouth. And uh, that's what's going to fuel us for, uh, for, 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 for the end of July. For now, let's talk about that. Going into this championship series, I think we've talked about, you know, teams and now they're having these zooms and kind of the general themes going into this next season has there been a theme that's arose from the woods zoom calls that of y'all scheming and planning going into this next season we uh we had a we had a woods um the captain's call today this morning zoom with with matt and we're kind of getting a good game plan going forward but you know the the one good thing about one good thing about losing in a championship the way we did even just if you just lose in a championship you don't need that much more motivation. You, you just don't need it. You know, you, if you don't have it based on that, you know, you're just, uh, I, don't, I don't know why, why you're here. So we, we have the motivation. It's there. Um, it's been burning for a while. And, uh, you know, obviously we thought we were going to get back to things a lot sooner, you know, if we had a full season. But, you know, the fact that we're waiting, waiting even more, more time to prepare, more time to light that fire even more, right, add more gas to the fire, we're, uh, we're excited for it, and, um, you know, we're, we're really starting to ramp up with our plan as to how we're going to um, – not, not how we're going to play. We know how we're going to play. You know, we, we know our team's identity. We know what, what, we, what we bring. But it's a matter of uh, doing things from afar, right, because we don't have practice time. So, you know, not, now it's time to really focus in on that. 
what was your initial reaction to the tournament style season and how has your training been adjusted if at all because like you said you had to wait this off season has been much longer than we expected and then now you're gonna have three weeks to get it done and then it's then you're back to another off season so how have you been training accordingly yeah so when when the word came out uh, about about the tournament setting championship series i was absolutely the biggest advocate huge fan like i know you know obviously being being close to the league um, there was some ideas that were going out there, delayed start, whatever it might be, quarantine, pushback, whatever. And the one concept, this tournament, was the one that I thought would be the best. And it's because I played in, I played on Team USA, indoor and outdoor. I've been, I've played in the World Games, and I know that how those are. I know the, um, I know the excitement. I know the, the camaraderie that teams get when you're there for two, three weeks in one, one spot, again, that replicates going to, going back to Lake College, right? You're, you're with the team for consistently every single day, doing things every single day. And I just knew that with our talent level, right, we have the best seven teams in the world, right? This is like a, every game is going to be a gold medal game because so much is on the line every single game. Um, every game is going to be, be like a gold medal game at the World Games. And just like last year, like, Almost all the games were were one or two goal games, a couple outliers here and there, but that that's gonna be the same thing here. That's gonna be the exact same thing, and you know fans are in for a treat. Uh, I know it's gonna be uh, again. You just have to take one game at a time and kind of think about it that way, because if you look at like the tournament aspect of it, like at the end, the last week, you're just kind of yeah. You know, I think you're gonna put yourself in a bad spot. So, got to take one game at a time and just go from there. Uh, my training, I've just been, you know, I think quarantine's kind of helped you know I think um I learned a lot of new ways to train a lot of new ways new things to do physically and I feel like I'm in the best shape I've ever been in I've I've, I've shed some some un, un, unnecessary fat that I, I had and it's like I just feel so much better about myself I feel great uh I've been doing a lot of and this is a shout out to like Rob Pinnell I followed a lot of his workouts leading up and just watching those uh putting those into into my my own uh, training um, it's been great. A lot of, a lot of hit stuff, um, a lot of interval training, a lot of, um, a lot of sprint work, just a lot of, a lot of jump roping, things that I kind of didn't do before. And quarantine helped me kind of get into it. A lot of stuff that you don't need a gym for. And I don't think I'll ever get a gym membership again if I, if I don't have to, because you don't really need it. There's a lot of things you can do on your own. So I've learned, I've learned all those things. I've spent this time figuring that out and I feel so much better for it. Mm-hmm. With the roster and the guys that are on the Redwoods, how do you think y'all will go in, Like, do you think this is built, this tournament style is in favor of the roster that y'all have with the Redwoods? Yeah, that came up on our call this morning. I mean, I just love who we have. I love who we have. I think we're, we're, we have great depth at every single position, right? So our attack is stacked. Our midfield, you add miles, um, you know, Pert came, came into his own last year. Brent Adams came into his own. Kyle, myself, you know, it just, we're just, we have great depth in midfield. Our D middies are tough, right? I think, I think that is the most important position in professional lacrosse, defensive midfield. And I love the guys that we have. So, you know, Jack Neer, Pat Harbison, uh, Tyler Dunn, studs, absolute studs and incredible depth there. Then you add in that Perkin play D midi and push it and stay on, uh, stay on offense. BA can do the same thing. Like, 
that's why the redwoods that's kind of what we developed over time right it took some time and but over over the course of the season that's what we started to figure out and that's the that's the brand of lacrosse that we played at the end of the year and um that's just again we've kind of figured that out already and we're going to be uh i think we're going to be a problem i really do what was your reaction to Miles Jones being traded to the Redwoods? You have played with him before, so um, it's going to be an instant connection, as he said, when you guys get to finally play together. What was your reaction to that, and what kind of asset do you think he's going to be to the team? Well, first off, you know, you hate to lose Sergio Salcedo. You know, um, I, was, I was just talking to him earlier about uh, lots of stuff, PLL, PLL Academy-related, but he uh, – you know, you hate to lose a player like that. And again, he's a guy that is, um, he's a dangerous player. He, he scored some huge goals for us, made some big plays. And you hate to lose a guy like that. Um, and, and obviously, Coach Nat um, knew what he was doing. You know, he, um, he didn't just make a, a, a dumb trade. He, he got Miles because he thought he fit in well with our team. And so you add a guy like Miles Jones, and now you add not only a huge personality and a huge um, presence in lacrosse, but you add one of the best players in the world. So um, I, I can't wait to play with him. We, we got some good chemistry when we played before. Uh, we, uh, the, the, the time that we played before, we, uh, we should have made the playoffs and we just didn't. It was a really weird scenario where there was like three teams tied for first place and we were one of them and we didn't make the playoffs for some reason because of tiebreakers. So we were like just getting started. He came in, he, he got traded like midway through the season we were feeding well off of each other. I know like when he was in college, he played well with like a Deemer class, a lefty, lefty on midfield, played really well with him. And that's kind of the chemistry that we were forming. Um, so I, I really can't wait. I, you know, I, I think we're going to pick up where we left off. And um, he just, he adds, he's got so many things that he does on the field. He can, he can dodge. He's got great, great moves, great shake. Um, he can shoot, shoot the heck out of the ball. Yeah. And he's got incredible vision. He's one of the best passing midfielders in the game. So all that, that's, that's why he is who he is. So I'm excited. How has Miles been in the Redwoods group chat, the Zoom meetings? I'm sure he fit like just right, like it was like nothing. Smooth training. Yeah, just like nothing. You know, I think when you, when you get traded from a team, right, that pisses him off, right? That he's, he's a little pissed off about that. And I think, again, that's just more motivation for him. But as far as personality, he just, he just hopped right in. You know, I think that's one of the cool things about lacrosse is, on every single team, you know guys on that team. You're friends with guys on every single team. When you strap it up, it's war, right? We're trying to we're, – we're, we're going to beat the hell out of that team. But we all know each other. You know, we're all friends, and he, he knows a ton of guys on our team. And he, just, he just came in, and we, we welcomed him with, with open arms. So it is what it is. Now, you have a unique personality, I guess you could say, on the field. You are known for being quite the tripper, which is funny because it's – a lot different from your personality off the field. You know, you're usually like just a calm, like laid back guy. And then on the field, you will chirp at everyone, no <laughs> matter the game. We have some, I pulled some uh, chirps that oh, you did. Yeah, we, have a, we have a video. Oh, we have a video, even better. We, we have the clip. <laughs> oh, gosh. We're going to play three clips for you. And then what we can discuss after each one, we okay? We can discuss right. what's going All on right. in your oh, mind. Oh, God. First one. It's not as well known, but it's still okay. Oh no. Where's all the chaos fans? Where's all the chaos fans? That was in the semifinal New York. New York Red Bull Arena. You're playing chaos right before 
the final buzzer went off and y'all were going to the championship. <laughs> oh God, just unnecessary. Like we already won. <laughs> what the hell was I doing? I mean, I, if you but remember, we like had social media hype up before that like caused you to be like, who are the chaos fans? No, absolutely not. I don't know where that came from. I have no idea. But that's, I think when I play, I just kind of like black out. Like I don't, I'm not thinking straight. I'm just thinking lacrosse. I'm thinking like, <laughs> I'm just thinking um, I want to say and do whatever I need to do to win. Um, uh, yeah, there's absolutely no, no reason for that. At the end of the game, I don't know why I would have said that. But I will say that that game at Red Bull, we had a huge Redwoods following, just like we did the week before in Ohio. I don't know how, why. I think it was like Perkovic had a huge group of people that were that was in New York, mm -hmm. and it was just all Redwoods. There might have been a chant, just like there was in Ohio, a huge chant, and I didn't hear anything out of the chaos um, <laughs> campaign. But I think it was like, I think it was just, just there was always so much hype around their team, you know, whether it's from Connor Fields to Miles, and there's just so much hype about they, you know, that they were the best, one of the best teams all regular season. And here we come, this underdog, we had to win the first game. Now we came into town and we won that game. We, we, I think we played pretty damn well that game too. And I don't know, I just, no reason to say that, but that's, I think that's probably the, that's probably what motivated it. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Number two. Oh, <laughs> oh man where's scott oh so that's just i think we all know scott and scott's a great guy very great guy um i like scott <laughs> on the field he talks scott scott talks some trash and i think that was another situation where we were maybe coming back and maybe we were winning in that point making some plays or I, that might have been was that the dc game that was yes DC, yeah and I don't even think we were playing that well that game either, but that's that's where that comes from. Because Scott was probably chirping us a little bit, and then maybe we probably made a play, we probably scored or something, and I was asking where Scott was, and I didn't hear him anymore. I didn't hear Scott. <laughs> <laughs> you and Scott are very similar in the sense of, like, you're very, like, namaste off the field, and then on the field you're both chirpers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't know if that's good or I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's, it's just kind of how it is. <laughs> okay, last one, the oh, infamous. No. <laughs> Mark, thank you. Are you gonna get on the field this time? Let me know, Mark. You're a liability, Mark. Yeah, yeah, but if you want to, you want to get scored, I'll put the needle in. You want to get scored? Here he is. Oh, here he is. <laughs> oh god jeez another guy another guy mark and i have no beef off the field um great guy great guy um but you know i think that when when people chirp me or she chirp my team i find the need and i find it necessary to give it twice back so um the, you know, Mark being a liability. I don't know. I, I've, I've played on a bunch of teams um, in the indoor league in the summer in Canada. Canadians are the best chirpers. They talk the best trash. So the liability thing, I've heard that over the years. Guys like Jeff Snyder, um, some of the best trash talkers. I've heard some good stuff, and that's where that comes from. But 
Um, you know, Mark, Mark's a great guy and you know what, it'll happen again. We'll, 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 we'll talk trash to each other this, you know, this, this summer. So, uh, but yeah, it's all part of the game. Um, I think when I strap it on, it's just, uh, I do, I do turn into a different person. You know, I am a quiet, laid back, reserved person off of the field. Um, uh, but when I, when I'm on the field, it's like, once I put that helmet on, I'm just a different person. And uh, I think, uh, that's kind of how I've always been. So it's, that's, that's where that comes from. That was also D.C., so you must have been just on one in D.C. <laughs> you were coming at everyone. You're right. You're right. And I don't know why. No idea. Maybe it was because it was so hot out. I don't remember. It was really oh, it hot. was so hot. It was so humid. I remember. That, uh, yeah, it was terrible. And just thank God we won that game or else that would be really embarrassing. <laughs> thank Let's, you for Jules on that one. <laughs> Let's talk about some of your teammates because I think um, – you being a Redwoods captain, you kind of have like a, a very good perspective on everyone and kind of learning everyone. So let's begin with Ryder. Ryder had a huge um, kind of season in his rookie season and having his first taste of professional lacrosse. Kind of like, what did you see from him? And what do you see for Ryder in the future of the PLL and Redwoods? Um, Matt, Matt did a great job. Like, obviously, Notre Dame kid. Uh, it was a tough couple weeks for him first couple weeks I know, I know he didn't get any burn he didn't really get any playing time at all um but we could see like his confidence kind of growing a little bit at practice we could see what he was doing like he was uh he was making some great plays and um he wasn't even the games that he played in he didn't really get a lot of burn and eventually I don't know what game it was you guys could probably tell me which game he kind of had a breakout game they scored some goals um it might have been I want to say it was the chaos game in Chicago it was like in the rain yes he, yes. he, he like he scored a couple goals or made some good plays like behind the back to Cav maybe yes. maybe it was that game something like that yes and like oh man this kid's got to play more and Matt gave him more playing time and you know he just really came into his own lacrosse is such a game of confidence and when you lose it where you don't have it you're a shell of who you are as a player and when he started to get confidence you could just see this kid you know, taking over games, um, talks a lot of trash too. And like, that comes with it as well. Like you start to get confidence, you talk more trash. Now he's like, now he's the player that he was at Notre Dame that we've watched over the years. And, um, you know, he's just gonna, he's gonna pick up where he left off. I know it. I've talked to him several times. He's excited. He's so fired up. He's so fired up about this, this, this season. And um, with the league, I mean, you've got one of the, the biggest new stars, young stars in the, in, in, in the game. Uh, in, in, in Ryder. So he's, uh, you know, I, I think, um, I think you're just going to see more of, of what he showed us towards, towards, towards the end of the year. That's just going to pick right up. Timmy Troutner, rookie of the year. I think he was also as big of a surprise probably as Ryder, um, you know, Timmy earning that starting role and then leading you guys to the championship game winning rookie of the year. Did you see any of that coming out of Timmy or was it a similar thing to Ryder where throughout the season, his confidence just kept growing? So same, similar, um, going into our season, going into training camp. Um, when the, when the rosters came out, I was like, Oh, we got Jack Kelly. Jack Kelly's like one of the best goalies in the world. I played against them and, and, you know, before, and he was hard to score on. Like he literally, when you play goalies that make saves look easy, there's nothing more, upsetting there's nothing more discouraging than that and what I mean by that is like there's shots that you're shooting as hard as you can and they just like catch it like nothing happened and they just like lob it you know what I mean transition the other way and Jack 
does that. So when we when I found out we had Jack, I was like, man, our team is good. Like we got the best goal in the league. We are really good. Um, and then I learned he wasn't playing. <laughs> he was hurt. <laughs> so I was like, oh damn. Um, okay. Well, we got this kid, Timmy Chowder, and that's why uh, Matt drafted him. So we got Timmy, and you know, go, uh, college to pro, it's different. It's not the same. You know, you now you're facing the best shooters, the best offensive players in the world. So. But he's another guy. Like, in practice, he makes save look really easy. And, you know, we could see right away, like, this kid's so good. He is, he's just, like, nasty. And he got more and more confidence, more and more confidence. And I love Blaze. Blaze is from my hometown. Um, I thought Timmy should have won or could have won goalie of the year. Nothing to take away from Blaze. He had an amazing year. Um, he really came into his own as a goalie as well. And I've said this over and over over again. The one thing about the PLL that I was maybe most blown away by was the goalie play. I think that um, I've never seen goalies play the way they did, you know, in a full season like last year. And um, again, that's just a, a credit to those guys and, and, and how talented they are. Um, but Timmy had a great year. I can't wait. I'm just so glad he's on our team. I, I wouldn't want to shoot on him. So I'm glad he's on our team and uh, it's only at practice. Yeah. Last one, let's talk about Garrett Eppel. I think something that stood out that you said, and it was during the Players Top 50, you spoke about how you thought Eppel was misunderstood. Why do you think he's misunderstood? He is, Garrett, I think, he's got this, this aura. He's got this persona that I think people miss. They, they perceive it as, oh, that kid's cocky. He's just like, he's just like an arrogant kid. And I don't see that at all. I think he's misunderstood. And I think that um, that's just his, that's the way he is. Like, he's just, a, um, he just has this confidence to him. And he plays with a chip on his shoulder. He's a blue collar kid. And, um, and I think that people see him in a different light. And uh, being his teammate, like, I played against him before. And I had that same misconception I thought that uh, I thought that about him like who is this kid like he I like I remember I uh I, I shot and the ball was on the ground and I like took out some frustration on him like I like slashed him in the ankles for no reason like he was just like I was frustrated and he like laughed at me like he was like <laughs> like really like that's what you did and I didn't really like that like, I I it pissed me off and, and and I had that that perception of him but being a, a teammate now and, and getting to know him over the year, over the last year, um, this is, he's a great kid. Like he is, um, he loves his teammates. He'll do anything for his teammates. And he's just a hard nosed, tough player. And I think a lot of people also think that he's a dirty player and he's not like, he's not like a lot of people look at the hit that he had on Tom and I'm not going to like pick a side or whatever, but I, I don't think that was a dirty hit. That was a clean hit, but people think that it was a dirty play. It's like, no, the goalie or whoever it was threw a lob pass to a player. That's what happens. You don't do that. When you throw a lob pass, you're going to get hit. Someone's going to get hit. You're giving a defenseman time to get under that and, 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 and make a play. And he did. And I think it's plays like that that he's had over that over last season that people look at and they're like, oh, he's, he's a dirty player. But no, he's just a tough-nosed player. And he's a guy that he's just a beast. He's an animal. And I'm just, again, another guy that I'm just glad he's on our team. I would not want to play against him. Do you think he got snubbed of Defensive Player of the Year? <laughs> one trillion percent. Like, one thousand percent. I don't know. If you look at defensemen, right, if you look at 
the stats that they can rack up over the season, the number one thing is cause turnovers, right? Cause turnovers. That's, and that's not the only thing that makes a good defenseman. Like, it's not like, oh, you know, you, you're really good at causing turnovers and there's nothing else that goes into it. Obviously, ground balls are a huge thing. Um, what you do with the ball. Like, Brody Merrill has always been one of the best defensemen. He's, he won defenseman of the year uh, before several, several times because he's a well-rounded, he's got all these assets or all these things in this game that he's just really good at. And one of the biggest things is like what he does on the ground and what he does with the ball. But if you look at a defenseman, defensive player of the year, I can't help but think that cause turnovers is is the number one criteria that should be right there. Right. Mm -hmm. And Apple led that by far, I believe. So, I mean, that kind of just tells you right there. It's like, (laughs) he should have won that. And, uh, but you know what? I think I think if he didn't win that, he didn't win that, and we would have won a championship. We were so close to winning a championship, he wouldn't have cared at all about winning Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I think it I think it, uh, it it pisses him off. I think you know with with our group chat, like we kind of we say things, and we you know I know where guys stand on it. It pisses him off. It pisses off guys on our team that that play alongside him on that end, and uh, it's just more more motivation. He's going to be the same player. He's going to lead the league and cost turnovers. Uh, He's going to play like an absolute animal. And again, great blues on my side. <laughs> what are your goals for this season? Win a championship. That's all it is, Lisa. I mean, it's like we, if you know, I've said it before, you know, at my, the stage of my career, I'm not, I'm not playing to, uh, I'm not playing for like a huge following. I'm not playing for a huge dollar amount. I'm playing to win a championship. And that all started from when I played indoor. We won three championships in a row. Um, and it's like that feeling, you feel it every single year. And it's like, I need that feeling again. And I haven't had it in a while. And I need that feeling again. So that's the motivation. That's my goal. And I, I don't think if you, if you don't have that goal, if that's not your number one goal is to win a championship, whatever team you're on, whatever sport you're on, I just think you're wasting time. Like you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? Obviously, like in other sports, maybe money is a huge factor, but it's like that comes and goes. Like you can't, you can never get the championship feeling in anything that you do in life. And as you, if, if you're a player, you only have a, a small window of your life to do it. That's got to be your goal. It has to be because once it's done, it's done. You can still make money. You can do other things to make money. You can do other things to do a lot of, to, 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 um, to satisfy yourself in other ways, but you can never get that feeling back. So um, I haven't had it in a while, and that's the feeling that I want. I need it. We're, I think, a little less than six weeks now from championship series. Yeah. Some days. What are you, do you have to pack for our three-week quarantine? Oh, God, I was thinking about this. Oh like, for gosh. instance, like, how are you approaching, like, arrivals? I mean, you're a guy who, like, you show out. Like, what, what's, what are you going to do? How many pairs of shoes are you bringing? I don't know. I, you know what? I'd be honest with you. I haven't thought about it whatsoever. I've kind of like, I've kind of been in the now. Like I've been, I've been really trying to do that a lot lately to stay in the now and not think about things that are in the future. And obviously you have to prepare for things for the championship series, but I have not thought whatsoever about what shoes I'm going to bring or what I'm going to pack. And I need to, because I am going to be in trouble if I wait to the last minute. So I'm going to start to think about that. Maybe once we figure out the location, maybe get some stuff shipped might be a good a good idea like from my sponsors and stuff like that get some stuff sent so I don't have to pack as much 
Uh, but I need to definitely start thinking about what I'm going to bring. And I've got a couple of really big suitcases, so they'll probably all get full. <laughs> if, you know, with the first four games kind of being um, like, what are we calling it? Like pool? Yeah. Yeah. What four teams would you ideally like to play? Oh, man. If every game is literally going to be like a gold medal game. It doesn't matter who it is. Like, it's going to be tough. Like, you can't go from one team. Like, if you look at the Archers, right, if you look at their record, you might say, oh, like, they weren't that good last year. The Archers were really, really good. And they were – I think they lost – how many overtime games did they lose or how many one-goal games did they lose? It was like five or six. Five or six, right? Like, a lot. And, like, that's going to be – like, they're, they're a problem. Um, who else? Who, who else is uh, – like, obviously, Whip Snakes, that's going to be a huge matchup. I wouldn't be surprised if that's our first matchup, right, a rematch of the, the championship game. So, I'm looking forward to playing against them. Water dogs, I, I guess out of all the teams, I would say I'm, I would most want to play them because they don't have a year under their belt, right? They haven't practiced. So I, I guess I'd rather play them because if anything, we have, we've got a leg up on them for that reason alone. But they're going to be a tough team too. So I hope we play them. If not, it doesn't matter because every team's going to be really good. So, um, you know, it's I guess that uh, I don't think that – I don't think you can go through and look at Oh, like when when the pool comes out and you see who you're playing and say, oh, we got a good a good a good uh, a good pull. I just don't think everyone's gonna be in the same boat. Everyone's gonna be playing the best team in the league, so it doesn't matter. Let's get into our next segment, hypothetically speaking, where we're gonna do it with Joe. We're going to discuss and dissect a situation that we will be thrown into. Well, uh, maybe not really. we don't really hopefully know not. yet. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> this week's hypothetically speaking is. Would you rather spend three weeks, aka our quarantine, without coffee or Gatorade? You can only have one. I can only have one? Yes. Correct. I am going to, ooh, I'm going to need coffee. I'm going to need coffee. Same. But like, I, I mean, I, I like Gatorade, but like, I'm a, I'm a bigger water drinker, so I need coffee. Uh, I've been trying to, I wouldn't even say I've been trying to wean off of it, but I need some coffee every now and then. I need it. <laughs> Mine would be coffee too. I need coffee. Same. Even though we love Gatorade. I have some downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> Ready to drink. What's your go-to coffee order? Uh, cold brew black. Cold, I mean, really vanilla. Sorry. I know it's like, but yeah, cold brew, ice, cold brew ice. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just black. So pretty simple. I've yet to dip gets my me, toes gets me fired up, though. in the cold brew community because it scares me, honestly. I feel like I don't have that much caffeination. It, it'll, it'll get your, your heart pumping. Yeah. So <laughs> if, if, if you, once, you, once you dive in, just a little bit, a little bit, and just see how you do. <laughs> yeah, take a little, little sip and see how it goes. <laughs> All right, Joe. Well, thank you for joining us. This is great. You're finally on the podcast. We Congratulations! In the office. I forgot to add coworkers been a while. to your intro. Because you are our co Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> Most important <laughs> part. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> and coworkers. Co-workers. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Joe, right, we don't know when we'll see you next. Probably, Probably the championship series. Yeah. All, All right. right. Bye, Joe.
See you ladies. Before we get into that speed, boy, this podcast is brought to you by our incredible friends at Ticketmaster, the official presenting sponsor of the championship series starting July 25th through August 9th on NBC. Ticketmaster has all of your needs when it comes to concerts, sporting events, arts and theater, and much more. To check out everything they have to offer, head to Ticketmaster.com or open up the Ticketmaster app. Father's Day is coming up if you're looking for a present. Again, check out everything they have to offer at Ticketmaster.com or open up the Ticketmaster app. All right, it is time for That Speed Boy. That's me, boy. During this segment, Emma will have 52 seconds to answer as many interesting stats, fun facts about our players, games that happened this season, any stat I can come up with. Really, anything that happens this season, I will quiz her on. This week, it is specific to our lovely guest today, Joe Walters. If she gets it correct, she'll hear this sound. And if she gets it wrong, she'll hear this sound. Are you ready? <laughs> I think I'm gonna do J W one. Okay, but at the same time, I'm not entirely sure. Good. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> I think you'll be fine. Okay, ready? Go. How old is Joe Walters? Oh no! <laughs> Always go under thirty. <laughs> Two. How many two bombs did Joe have this season? One. How many assists did Joe have during the regular season? Thirteen. True or false, Joe had two goals in their week one matchup versus Atlas. True. Uh, In their do or die game versus Chrome and Albany, how many points did Joe put up? Points. Hmm. Five. Oh. True or false, Joe had one goal and two assists in the championship game. True. Oh. It was more. How tall is JW1? Six. Um, six one. No. <laughs> You're really close. <laughs> Joe is 35. Oh. Sorry to divulge your age, Joe. <laughs> you don't look 35. No, not at all. He didn't have any two bombs this season. He had 11 assists. During the regular <sighs> season. I think you got true correct when I asked Joe had two goals in their week one matchup versus Atlas. I think you said true. Anyway, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Joe had four points in their game of versus Chrome in Albany. One goal, three assists. Um, Joe had one goal, one assist in the championship game, not one goal and two assists. <sighs> that was tricky. And Joe is six feet tall. Oh, my God. I did awful. I was so close. I was so close on so many. Yeah, you were very close. Yikes. Sorry, Joe. All right. Well, that's our episode for this week. We will talk to you guys next Tuesday. But before we go, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please and please leave us a review. Yes. Please. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Inside Feed and at LisaRevin29 and at Emma Dams on IG. You can also follow Joe Walters at jwalters1. Yes. This, he has a lot of followers. He's been doing a lot of work with our Peel Academy virtual front. And Learn from Joe Walter. Yeah. So one thing that he's doing that's really cool is a wall ball um, seminar. And it's for Ooh. all 
um, like lacrosse IQ. If you're just wanting to get into the sport, if you are just kind of trying to improve men, women, all ages, all levels of lacrosse. Um, maybe we'll join. Honestly, like I've thought about it, (laughs) (laughs) but like Lisa, we totally could. We could. We would just have to go get sticks. (laughs) That's That's a small dent in the (laughs) road. Dent in the road. (laughs) Dent in the road. Is that bump in the road? Bump in the road. (laughs) Same thing. Whatever. (laughs) We will talk to y'all next week. Bye. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable.